Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only Internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Now, today's topic is about the Bredesen protocol for reversing cognitive decline and how a compounding pharmacy can help. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Gene Gresh. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Gene Gresh practices as a research slash compounding pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner in Vernon, Connecticut, where he owns and operates Pioneer Health Center. Gene has been a registered pharmacist for over 38 years and is also certified in functional medicine. Gene's practice is entirely non-sterile compounding with a specialty in bioidentical hormone replacement, pain management, low-dose naltrexone, nutrigenomics, and the Bredesen Protocol for Reversing Cognitive Decline and Alzheimer's Disease. Gene, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Well, Dr. Carey, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I think it's always nice to connect with other Bredesen-trained uh, practitioners out there because, um, you know, we're on the same wavelength. We, I don't know about you, but I am just in awe of what Dr. Bredesen is doing with his research and his protocol and the impacts he's having on patients with cognitive de- decline, dementia, and Alzheimer's. Yes, I'm with you on that, Dr. Carey. It, I have been impressed, um, extremely impressed, um, when I look at uh, this epidemic of Alzheimer's and cognitive decline and, and see the work that Dr. Bredesen has, has done. Um, it's truly amazing and, and gives so much hope to so many people. It really does. So I had the pleasure and the honor of of um, interviewing Dr. Bredesen not too long ago for my po- podcast. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to dig up that link and put that in the podcast notes so that you can listen to that interview. And so, Gene, let's talk today about how a compounding pharmacy can help patients implement their Bredesen protocol. So I think a really good place to start is with the hormonal component. So can you talk to us about that? Sure. What's interesting is with when we work with these patients, almost always there's a hormonal imbalance or deficiency that can be identified. And, you know, the whole philosophy but behind bioidentical hormone replacement is that we're actually taking the same identical chemicals, the hormones, that our bodies produce. Um, We're able to reintroduce those into the body um, and measuring levels, we can actually target um, physiological levels and kind of restore balance 
in um, patients. Um, this is, in my opinion, a, a big component um, with regards to cognitive decline as hormones are hugely important in brain function. And um, they're known as trophic factors in allowing our synapses to actually uh, work. And um, so, you know, as, as a compounding pharmacy, we uh, customize hormone replacement therapy to fit the unique needs of each patient. And so um, it goes hand in hand with what um, Dr. Bredesen had discovered with regards to the hormonal component. Now, I know for women, estrogen is hugely important for protecting their brain health. And for men, it's really testosterone that's the most important hormone for for protecting their brain health. But let's talk about women first, and that very oftentimes we start seeing women start to decline cognitively as they're going through menopause. Yes, and to my understanding, this is a fairly new phenomenon, um, and I, I believe we're kind of setting ourselves up that uh, when <clears throat> we know when women enter menopause, their estrogen levels start to decline, and um, my belief is that this is kind of the tipping point for many women, um, where other factors have been at play. But this particular episode of declining estrogen is enough to put them into that um, scenario where they're, they're losing their cognitive abilities. And it seems to go hand in hand with menopause with the decline in estrogen. And as you know, a lot of, a lot of patients, you know, when you start talking to them and you, and you really start digging in and, you know, when did, that, when did it really start? Like how long ago? And... Um, you know, with women as they're going through menopause, it can start, it, it starts what at what appears to be something very benign of just, you know, forgetting where you put your keys or searching for words in your brain or, you know, very little minor things. But those little minor things are warning signs that your brain is not functioni- functioning optimally and that your brain is declining. So these early warning signs are often, unfortunately, just kind of shrugged off as, well, I'm just getting old or I'm just having a senior moment or that's just how it is. But those are those earliest warning signs. This is when um, if we can start implementing the Bredesen protocol at that point, we have the most success. Yes, without a doubt. Um, The earlier we start, I think the better opportunity to have the outcomes that we desire. And, um, you know, and the other thing I kind of want to point out is it's not just estrogen. But we also want to look at other hormones like pregnenolone and DHEA um, and, and cortisol. Um, I'm, along so, with- I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. It, it's not just estrogen. There's a whole host of hormones. So keep going. Sorry to interrupt you. No. So it really is, you know, like Dr. John Lee coined the term, our hormones are like a symphony orchestra, that they all work in concert with one another to create beautiful music when they're in balance but not such good music when they're out of balance. And so it's more than just one hormone. It's a whole symphony of hormones, including, as I said, pregnenolone, DHEA. We look at 7-keto DHEA. We want to look at cortisol levels. We look at testosterone and estrogens in women, uh, testosterone and even estrogens in men. And um, when you actually look at it kind of like that, that, that 
symphony, as I described, um, they all work together. And when we can create that balance, good things happen. And I know we've kind of been focusing on women, but um, men, as they age, they start going through andropause, which is the male equivalent of menopause. And uh, very oftentimes we see testosterone declining. But as you said, Gene, all of these other hormones, when I, when I run the tests on patients, I see this all the time that um, pregnenolone can be low and DHEA is usually low and progesterone is low. Like they're pretty much low across the board with their hormones. And, and oftentimes the next question I get is like, well, isn't that normal? Well, you know, like I, I, I get the same questions. And, you know, my, my answers are typically, well, what's normal and what's healthy may be two different things. Exactly, um, yes. And, and so when we look at, you know, like I've heard a practitioner recently in a conference say the term within normal limits probably is one of the worst terms ever invented because it makes you think that, oh, everything is fine. But when we actually look at a lot of our testing that we do, we want to optimize levels and not necessarily match what we would say is within normal limits. Um, and, and some of these tests, and you know, one of them in particular is pregnenolone. If we look at the range of what within normal limits of a serum pregnenolone is, there's a very broad range. And, and so you can be on the very low end of that broad range. And in my opinion, that's not the optimal place to be. You want to be on the upper end in some of these cases. Yeah, and actually in Dr. Bredesen's book, The End of Alzheimer's, he has all of this mapped out in his books. So for the listeners out there, if you grab a copy of his book, you can you can see um, in his book he talks about estrogen and progesterone, pregnenolone, cortisol, DHEA, and he has these optimal ranges um, mapped out so that if you happen to have a copy of your blood work, you can kind of compare and see, okay, where are your results versus what's considered optimal for I, for um, ideal brain health. Gene, is there yes. anything else you want to talk about with regards to bioidentical hormones and brain health? Well, um, you know, I think we, we covered a lot of it. I, the other thing that I would add is we often don't want to forget about thyroid hormone. Yes, and oftentimes, patients, um, when we evaluate a thyroid hormone, it is one of those factors that can contribute as well. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And in compounding, we have the ability to customize thyroid replacement as well. Um, so the, the, that's another area that you might benefit from uh, using a compounding pharmacy. So then for the listeners out there who don't really know what a compounding pharmacy is, Maybe now is a good time to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I uh, am a conventionally trained pharmacist. And when I was trained in school, we were not really trained in compounding. And, but yet, I was taught that I knew what compounding was. But when I really started studying compounding, even I as a pharmacist was in awe of what we could do as a compounding pharmacist, as truly compounding. We get to customize medication from the ground up and build uh, therapies that actually fit the unique needs of each individual patient. So we use bulk 
pharmaceutical ingredients, bulk active ingredients, along with other inactive ingredients, and we can actually customize therapies. And in doing so, we can leave out some of the fillers or the dyes or the allergens that might be incorporated into commercially available products. So get to customize the dose. And, you know, one of the sad things about my experience in conventional medicine is, you know, it seems to be a one-size-fits-all type model. And what we're learning is the uniqueness of individuals. There is no normal person. You know, we're, we're taught, to, and even in studies, we, we get the, what the normal bell curve looks like. Well, who in this world is actually normal when it comes to that kind of analysis? And so in compounding, we get to customize using um, tools that um, even the pharmaceutical industries use. We have um, a laboratory in which we can um, fabricate and make medicines, all different types of medicines. And it really opens the door to options for practitioners and patients that wouldn't otherwise not be available. And so for the listeners out there, compounding pharmacists have really specialized training in this area. And these are still medicines that you still require a prescription. And because they're medication, they are covered by uh, private insurance plans as well. In some cases, yes. In some cases, not, but uh, that's kind of unique to the, um, the insurance plan of the individual. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen here in um, Ontario, uh, because it's a medication, it's covered under private health care. So that's good. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, so if, a, if a, a patient has cognitive decline and then, then we do uh, a, a, a panel, a blood panel, of hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone, a whole thyroid panel. And then we can see where their deficiencies are. And then we could use somebody like Gene to, to build a formula of all of these different medicines to the right dose for that particular person. Yeah, that's how we work with practitioners and patients. And and using the data that's collected by the practitioner um, and then working with the patient to develop, you know, some patients actually, um, the route of administration, we can alter that. Like we do a lot of transdermal hormone replacement, but sometimes we do transvaginal and sometimes we do sublingual and sometimes we do oral. And so we have... um, a lot of options available to us to work with practitioners and patients. So again, to kind of recap, I know for me personally in my private practice, all of the patients that have come in wanting the Bredesen protocol, wanting help with their cognitive decline, even those being diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's, when I do a hormone panel, everybody has been low in at least one hormone so far. And so if your medical doctor is not testing your hormones, that's something that you want to look for and investigate. So Gene, let's move on to LDN, which is low dose naltrexone. I will tell you, Gene, that in Ontario, it's near impossible to find a medical doctor willing to prescribe this medication. And because of that, most patients are totally unaware of what LDN is and how it can help them. So if you can keep that in mind, 
kind of tell us about LDN and how that can help with brain health? Well, first off, I want to say I love LDN. And I got that saying. I just attended the Institute for Functional Medicine's uh, annual conference. And there were two physicians that spoke on LDN. And they both got up there and they started their discussion by saying, I love LDN. And I thought that was so poignant. Um, because as you mentioned, many doctors are completely unaware of what LDN is. And we have this saying, doctors are down on what they're not up on. And so it, it really is amazing to me. Um, I, I have been compounding LDN for many years, but only in the last, say, five years did I really take notice. And um, one of the studies, um, Dr. Jill Smith at Penn State did a study using LDN and had phenomenal results. And that really caught my attention. Um, and since then, I started studying and, and we actually start educating physicians about what LDN is. And the amazing thing about LDN is, number one, the risks associated with this are so minimal, so small, and yet the potential benefits are so enormous. Uh, uh, and patients as to the mechanism and how it works and what are the, the risks associated, which are very tiny. Um, most doctors, when they get that information, actually take notice. But to get them that information is very difficult because you're not going to find LDN in any of the popular literature that uh, prescribers would typically read. Um, there isn't a drug company that, that has um, invested into LDN, and it, it basically has to be compounded at this point. So the, there's a lot of science and information to support the use of LDN. Um, I've made it part of my mission to go out and try and educate as many physicians as possible. And I've actually partnered with a, an osteopathic physician in which we travel uh, around the United States and speak on LDN. So it, it's one of the, the most amazing tools that I've seen. Um, and certainly um, with cognitive decline is, is important because one of the things LDN does is it reduces inflammation um, at a very high level in the body. And, you know, the inflammation, as we might guess, is one of the driving forces behind cognitive decline. Yeah, that says Dr. Bredesen cause, calls it uh, subtype 1, is the inflammatory subtype. Right. Yeah, and, and so when we take a, a tool like LDN, it, it works in so many different ways in the body. Um, there are these receptors in the body that it, um, it blocks, known as the opioid receptors. And uh, one of the ways it works is by temporarily blocking this receptor, the body kind of reacts and says, hey, wait a minute, we're, we're supposed to have this opioid response because that's where our endorphins and enkephalins that our bodies make bind to, our natural opioids. And so by temporarily blocking that receptor, and then the body will compensate, typically, and make more endorphins and enkephalins, which stimulates more opioid receptors, and we kind of stimulate that opioid system which is a natural way for our body to manage inflammation, pain, and even immune function. 
So when I think about LDN I, for brain health, I think about, well, if, if the patient in front of me has a history of a concussion or traumatic brain injury, then I would think they might be a good candidate for LDN. Uh, absolutely. Because they likely um, still have inflammation going on in their brain. Even though yes. we can't measure it directly, inflammation in the brain, you know, we don't have a, we can't stick a syringe into the brain, suck out some juice and measure that. But if there's a history of concussion, it's likely that there's still underlying inflammation directly in the brain, right? Right. And not only just with concussion, but I think of, you know, the, there are some that would categorize Alzheimer's as an autoimmune type condition. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention next. Yeah, so talk and, about the autoimmune and, component. And so one of the mechanisms of LDN is it, it actually has a way to optimize our immune function by working on the cell's right inside that immune system that that helps with um, and this is why uh, LDN is is highly touted in autoimmune conditions is because it does help to normalize or optimize our immune function versus in our conventional therapies we try and suppress the immune system what I love about LDN is it doesn't suppress an immune system it actually optimizes it so that it, it actually helps it work better um, than just suppressing it. So I really love LDN for that reason. So Gene, for the listeners out there that are having issues with their brain health or have a loved one that's having issues with their brain health, um, besides history of concussion and autoimmune disease and chronic pain, are there any other kind of um, uh, red flags that would perk up your ears to say, well, I think this patient might do well on a trial of LDN to help their brain health. You know, at this point, with what I've seen in, in the hundreds of patients that we've um, used LDN with, that there isn't a patient out there that I think wouldn't benefit from a trial of LDN. And why I say that is we have patients tell us that their energy is better, that their thinking is clearer, that their mood is improved. And how, you know, again, if we look at the epidemics of mood disorders in our society or fatigue, um, as we age, these are factors that if we can optimize our body's function, um, you know, like there's so many opportunities that I believe LDN could be used for. Um, any autoimmune condition. They're even studying LDN in cancer treatment. So, you know, I, I just am such a big fan of LDN. And, you know, if, if you looked at the conditions, there's a, a website known as the LDN Research Trust Organization. And if you look, they have a list of potential conditions that LDN, and it is a long list and very inclusive of a lot of conditions and diseases. So I'll make sure to find that um, that website and put the link in the podcast notes so that our listeners can easily find that and, and get that information. Yeah, it's a great website, great resource for patients and practitioners. So like I said, at least I see here, here in Ontario, every doctor that I've asked to prescribe LDN, they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yes. And I feel so sorry for the patients because I'm really trying to advocate for them. Uh, but it, 
but it's been difficult. So at least, yeah. you know, for the so, listeners out there, you can go to that website and get some of that information. And then you can also talk to your local compounding pharmacist and they can yes, help bridge that. They right. can help bridge that gap of helping to educate your medical doctor so that they, you can get that prescription. And or they can let you know what physicians might be open to prescribing LDN because they're they're the ones working with the practitioners. So they may have a list of practitioners that are already using LDN. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, my first is always try and educate the, the current physician if they're open to it. Yeah. Um, the more education that we can and put out there, the more patients might have access. And then let's uh, switch gears, Gene, and talk about um, synapsin. Can you tell our listeners about what synapsin is? So, yes. Now, this is a fairly new but very exciting uh, compounded product uh, developed by a friend and colleague of mine by the name of James LaBelle. And... Um, he has been working on this for over 10 years. Um, I, I met Jim many, many years ago, and we had a discussion. And one of the things he said to me, he says, I would love to find something that modifies glial cells. And so for the listeners out there, glial cells are cells in our uh, nervous system that kind of act as, um, uh, I would say, they are sentinel cells that are looking for problems in our nervous system. So they're, they're almost like immune cells. And one of the problems that we have seen with neurodegenerative conditions is these glial cells are hyperactivated. In other words, they're always on, and which actually creates a lot of downstream inflammation um, and, and issues that might be related to cognitive decline or pain. And so what um, synapsin was designed to do um, was to get in to that area of the brain and downregulate these glial cells to kind of uh, quell them and, and have them calm down. And in doing so, all sorts of conditions can be improved. So the synapsin is actually made up of uh, a couple of natural ingredients. One is derived from ginseng. It's known as RG3. The other is a vitamin B3 analog called nicotinamide riboside. And this combination, um, along with some other uh, ingredients, we might put a, a B12 in there. We might put, uh, we actually have a, a ultra low dose naltrexone in uh, some of our synapsin. And it's administered in a nasal spray. And so we've been doing this synapsin now since October. So it's been about uh, uh, nine months. And I can tell you that when it works, it is a game changer. Um, if, if we have a patient, um, an example with a traumatic brain injury, which is uh, a primary area where it was targeted, uh, our first patient we had is a fascinating story in which um, she had a long-standing traumatic brain injury as a result of a fall on the ice. I think it was about five years earlier. She also had a Lyme disease diagnosis complicated by uh, mold toxicity. So this patient described her situation um, 
as waking up in the morning, every morning, with total amnesia. So you might remember the, the movie Fifty First Dates? Yes. Well, this patient described herself as um, that character, where she would wake up in the morning in a panic, not knowing who she was or where she was, every day. She had a card that she had next to her bed that said, the first thing it said is, you are safe. Your name is so-and-so. You live at home. You live with your mom. Her name is so-and-so. You have two cats there. You know, So it reintroduced her to her life that she read that every morning when she woke up. Um, so she, uh, her practitioner ordered synapsin for her. And um, three weeks after she started the synapsin, we called her to see how she was doing. And she started crying on the phone. She said, you're not going to believe this, but I no longer need my card in the morning. I know who I am when I wake up. Wow. This was unbelievable. You know, to, you know as a compounding pharmacist, this is what we live for, to, to be able to help patients um, overcome very difficult situations. Now, this patient was our first patient. She continues to improve on the synapsin. You know, my recent conversation with her was she's now able to have uh, conversations with people with very complicated subjects, and she's able to follow along, and she's able to participate. Um, so she's continued to do very well, and we've had um, other very interesting cases using the synapsin. So if we look at synapsin with Alzheimer's and cognitive decline, we hypothesize that this glial cell activation might be participating in many patients' um, neurodegenerative condition. Um, and so we um, have started using this um, with some of our patients with cognitive decline. And again, the, right now, I think it's too soon to tell. Um, we haven't seen the dramatic results that we, we have with some of our traumatic brain injury, but a lot of Alzheimer's patients have a history of TBIs. Yes. Yeah, they so do. that that might be, you know, the a primary focus for us to start with. Um, so, uh, I my colleague Jim Laval was so successful at this. He actually worked with a lot of professional athletes, and as a result of his success with traumatic brain injuries with professional athletes, he was hired by the NFL mm -hmm. to run a clinic in Ohio, and he. Uh, they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> so he's, um, you know, we're all very excited about this. It's so wonderful. And, and I guess for the for the listeners out there to, to have them understand a little bit about concussion and traumatic brain injury, that you could have had something like that when you were a child, but that could still be re-irritated very easily, and that, that can still be bothering you. 40, Absolutely. 50, 60 years later. Right. So, so don't and think that time heals a concussion because time doesn't necessarily heal a concussion. Exactly. In fact, what we see is that, you know, when we take a history of a patient, that's one of the things we want to ask is any time in their life, did they have a traumatic brain injury? And we're finding that this is very common. And um, what's also interesting about synapsin is it doesn't appear to be a factor that you had it years prior. It's, it's actually working on the physiology of the brain today and, and you know, helping to improve the situation where this, the, the significant issue may have been occurring years prior. 
And we also know that multiple concussions, um, it's not just you know a concussion then a concussion, it's an additive effect, um, a detrimental effect. And uh, what I have learned with my... Um with the programs that I've done, the the seminars and whatnot, is that once the once the chemistry of a concussion is there, it doesn't take much to stir that chemistry up. Like you don't have to have a physical hit or bump to your head. At there, there is a point where you don't need that physical impact. There's just it's the chemistry is there, and whatever is impacting the chemistry, which can be your diet, your lifestyle, all kinds of things, right. can actually we all call stir that stress. up that. <laughs> yeah, it will stir up that concussion. So so again, for the listeners out there, if you're concerned about your brain health, if you're concerned about a loved one's brain health, go back into the history and see at any point since you were born, did you have a, a concussion or an injury to the head that you think might have been a concussion? You Because know, years ago, uh, they weren't looking for concussion, not like they are today. Right. And, and, you know, like, I, I often wonder, I mean, anybody who has a high school athlete, I mean, they now have concussion protocols, and um, it's really on the radar. And, you know, I wonder if we, in earlier history, we could have uh, missed a lot of concussions because we just weren't looking for them. Yeah, and that, you know, you bring up a really good point that, um, one of the things that I always ask my patients with cognitive decline, and you probably ask this too, is what sports did you play? Did you play hockey? Did you play football? Did you play soccer? Yes. Did you play Absolutely. any contact sport? And, and that can kind of give you a window in, as to the probability, the possibility of history of concussion. Absolutely. So, Gene, with, so you told us the active ingredients of synapsin. It's RG3, which is an extract of... Um, it's a ginsenoside, ginseng. an extract okay. from ginseng. Okay, and then nicotin, nicotinamide, riboside. And, and um, so is this considered a prescription? Like, does a, does a person need an actual script to get synapsin? You know, this is where... Yes, and the fact is, as a compounding pharmacy, we can't even compound vitamin C without a prescription because we are regulated as a pharmacy, um, so it does require a prescription. Really? Um, Yes, even though the ingredients are natural. Wow, okay. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of regulations that are... Uh, in pharmacy, but specifically in compounding pharmacy, that uh, we have to be aware of, and you know we're we're constantly battling <laughs> government regulators, FDA, um, because they they actually, in my opinion, are kind of the long arm of the FDA. You know, they get a lot of their funding from I'm, I'm sorry, the long arm of the ph- pharmaceutical industry, and you know they. We do things that the pharmaceutical industry can't or won't do in the compounding pharmacy, um, but we allow the options available for practitioners. But that doesn't fly with a lot of our government regulators, and so we're in a constant battle of what can we do and what can't we do. Um, and oftentimes, it has nothing to do with safety, which is really yeah sad because it, to me the 
that should be their main focus is safety. Safety, and, yeah, and helping people. And, and efficacy, right. But, uh, you know, that, that uh, I mean, that's a whole discussion in, in and of itself. We won't get into that right no. now, Gene. <laughs> okay, so Gene, if, if um, listeners out there want to learn more about Synapsin, is there a good website for them to go to? You know, I don't know of a website. Um, this is fairly new. Um, you know, I... I honestly, I have not seen a website um, that that describes it. I've you know met and and gone to conferences where Jim Laval has spoken, and he is really trying to go out there and educate um, about the use of this. I would say the best resource would be to contact your compounding pharmacy. Okay, uh, that probably is the the best way to to get information on synapsin. We actually developed. Um, an informational sheet that when practitioners contact us and say, hey, a patient said that they're interested in the synapsin, we send them information and some studies that were done on the individual ingredients. Um, but we don't have studies that are done on the combination. Um, oh. Yeah. This is... Okay. So, Gene, we only have a few minutes left, uh, and this has been a, a great discussion so far. Is there anything else... Um, that you think our listeners should know about how to use a compounding pharmacy to help them with their Bredesen protocol, to help them with their brain health? Well, I think the, the most important thing is to reach out and, and get in touch. Um, most patients and most practitioners don't even know what compounding pharmacies are. Um, you know, I I would encourage Anybody who has a loved one um, that is concerned about cognitive decline is to go out and buy Dr. Bredesen's book. Um, what we're learning is the signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's can be detected many years before the onset of a disease. And that's the time that we want to really start implementing a lot of our practices to prevent um, the onset of Alzheimer's would be even better than trying to treat it. Yeah, he says like 30, 40 years. That basically Isn't that amazing? Everybody in their 40s should have tests run to see how their brain is doing to start yes. implementing that preventative um, and, and early treatment kind of option to try and preserve okay. their brain health. Absolutely. So go out, reach out to your compounding pharmacist. And, you know, they're... I, I believe, a wealth of information and knowledge that you may not even know exists, um, the options available. You know, just like functional medicine, I think the same thing. Find functional medicine practitioners and, and educate yourself. Um, I believe, I am so passionate about functional medicine. In my career as a conventional pharmacist, I've seen the limitations of our conventional model. And I believe that functional medicine is the future that when we actually pay attention to what's creating the problems and changing those factors, we're much better off than trying to treat the symptoms using a pharmacological agent. I totally agree, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> I usually say to patients, find the cause, fix the cause, feel normal again. It just exactly. Functional medicine just makes sense. Totally. And I, I so agree with you on that. 
Gene, how can our listeners find out more about you? Well, um, our website is um, www.pioneerhealthcenter.com. Um, that's probably uh, the easiest way, the Internet access. Our, uh, we're located in Vernon, Connecticut. Um, and we do have a, a laboratory and a functional medicine practice. Um, we can be reached by phone at 860-979-0089. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I, I thank you, Dr. Carey, so much for allowing me the opportunity to share what I'm passionate about. Uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Gene, this has just been an awesome interview, and um, I'm so glad that uh, I got to meet you and that, as you said, we, we can help uh, spread this message of hope out there that there's a lot that can be done to help patients that are suffering with brain issues. Yes, absolutely. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Gene Gresh. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Kerry is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Kerry is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.